Now you can find, listen and subscribe to Chilling with Jens and the local Danfoss Climate Solution podcast in your RevTools app. Download it from danfoss.com. Service and support. Downloads. Hi, I'm Jens Andersen from Danfoss Climate Solution. Thank you for listening in to this second episode of our cool talk about commissioning of a refrigeration system with Jörg Saar and John Broughton. This episode starts may sound a bit abrupt, and the reason is that this is a continuation of a talk we had earlier in the first episode, episode one. What about electronic controllers? Aren't they sort of taking... Uh, all these considerations uh, into context and then just uh, automize them and then we can just start it up and leave it as it is or how does that do uh, work mm-hmm. that's, yeah that's that's a good one yeah there's there's quite often the impression when when there is electronics then the electronics takes care about everything uh, however there is an electronic controller let's say uh, something that that um, monitors whatever and controls something, but you need to tell this electronic controller what it needs to do, where where it needs to do, or not where, but when it needs to do what. So that's that's still up to you when you commission a system, because the controller does not know which refrigerant will you use. What is what is your target temperature? here for the application what is your your ambient so what are your maximum and minimum minimum ambient temperatures that's that's something you need to tell the controller so you need to to give the parameters and then when you have set them the controller can work on these parameters but it's still up to you to set all that okay so so it's 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 not anywhere uh, easier to work with electronics than with uh, your old-fashioned mechanical switches, etc., etc. I I think it's just that realization that you still have to put settings into that controller, same as you would if it was a mechanical thermostat or mechanical defrost time clock. Um, You still have to put settings in, and that's the same thing for electronics. Yes, if we look at uh, products that we sell within Danfoss, we have the Optima uh, Plus range of condensed units. It has an electronic controller. And some of those settings are preset, but as York said, they're multi-refrigerant. So you might need to adjust them a little bit. We can't put the settings in that work you know, across a broad range of refrigerants. So they're there or thereabouts set, but you still have to commission the system. and you know, set those correctly for the application, for the refrigerant that you're using, et cetera, et cetera. And, and no matter whether you have a mechanical control system or an electronically controlled system, in my opinion, you should always check whether that works as it should be. So you have you have charged your system, it's running, everything is fine, let's assume that. And then you stay there and you wait until the system has pulled down, until it cuts off on your setting 
on your target temperature the first time to really check, is it doing what you want it to do? So if you have a refrigerator room where you store vegetables, you just want to check that this will not develop into a freezer room, right? That you really <laughs> have set your settings as a refrigerator room, that, that the settings are okay and the system cuts in and out where you want it to cut in and out. Don't just put the settings and just believe, ah, it's probably going to work. You <clears> might have a sensor which does not work. You might have done something wrong with your setting. Um, whatever, check it. That's that's part of a proper commissioning. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it comes down to that. Again, you've had a walk around the system before you start the commissioning process. Look at the system again. Make sure all the fans are going in the right direction. Is the airflow correct? You know, is there any strange noises, vibration? Um, we've spoken about suction pressure, discharge pressure, temperature, um level of refrigerant all those things but it, it's then it, it's that you know using your senses your eyes your ears your your hands uh your your smell is everything doing what it should be doing and uh, as as you said you make sure that you're not trying to freeze the vegetables um that, yeah. that's most important and you know checking the electrical drawer of the compressor for example or fan motors is it within specification um all the sort of finer details that you you're happy you can leave that system running um and you you mentioned one point um which triggered another thought so um sorry for maybe jumping a bit you said vibration to to check whether whether the vibration is normal it is normal to have a certain vibration you have a compressor in the system right you have fans there so you already have done a leak test before charging the system. Now the system is running and now you you want to wait until it has done its pull down and cuts out. So you have some time. Spend that time with doing another leak test with a, a handheld device where you really check all the connections because now your system is running. Now you have your vibration on the system. Maybe. The connection was okay without that vibration and now the system is running now you check all the connections again you have that time you need to wait a bit anyway um, for your system to run so you, now you make sure that even in running conditions your system is tight mm -hmm. that that's a very good point and if i, I think back to experience um we assume that, let's say, it's a condenser unit. It's been made in a factory somewhere in the world. It's then been shipped by road, rail, air freight, whatever, sea freight. Um, it's always a good idea, as you said, Jörg, to check the, uh, the the physical connections, but also check things like the wiring connections. Yeah. We assume they're all tight. Yes, they were when the unit was made, but it's been shipped and bounced around since then. So, uh, you know, check the electrical connections are tight as well. That's that's important. Mm -hmm. And probably the, the, the most important point uh, to check before you leave, make sure that the oil level in the compressor is correct because now the system's been running. It's a chance to circulate oil around the system. Make sure we've got enough oil in the compressor. And probably my, my pet hate, please put all the covers and screws back on the system um, before you leave. 
um, because there's nothing worse than going to a system and having half the screws missing uh, yeah. or the covers not put back on or, or whatever. Um, yeah, and it, it's really helpful um, to put some commissioning data on a piece of paper, leave it inside the unit, things like that. So if somebody else goes, maybe not from the company that installed it, they have something about what the system was commissioned. Um, you know, pressures, temperatures, all of that. That's really helpful. Yeah, and that triggered another thought. You said do all that before you leave. Um, there's there's one point which is part of the commissioning, at least in my opinion, and I think even on a on a legal base, we don't want to keep the the information as a secret how to operate the system. So we need to tell those people who own the system what they need to do. They need don't need to have all the tiny details in every electronic controller, but they at least need to get an idea how they operate the system. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think one of the one of the classics when you go to site and the poor old condensing is surrounded by boxes or rubbish or, or vans or something. And the engineers not actually said to the end user, you need to keep that area clear because it needs to breathe and it needs air. Um, sometimes they're, they're, they're not told, so they don't understand. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that's a very, a very good, good point. Talking about checking something, would you try to check whether the defrost is working or not? I would always put the system through a defrost, um, whether it's off cycle, um, you know, off on thermostat. But if it's electrical defrost, I would always run it through a defrost and check the amperage um, on the heaters and make sure everything is is uh, fine. Um, you know, you, you might have a um, heater that is not uh, functioning correctly. You'll pick that up when you check the, the current drawer on the, on the, you know, the heaters within the coil block itself. So yeah, always put it through a defrost. Um, make sure it terminates, whether it's uh, temperature terminated or time terminated. Um, you can take a best guess at the location for the defrost termination sensor. Um, usually it's, uh, is it a third down and two thirds in or uh, two thirds in and a third down, I can't remember. Um, but it's there's a rough rule of thumb to tell you where you should put your defrost um, termination sensor. I think yeah. it's however that is as you mentioned a rough yeah. rule of thumb that um, does not mean that every ice nest or the last ice nest on every evaporator is at the same point it it might be that you find that your sensor is placed at the point where you don't measure the last ice nest and you might after some time need to relocate that correct correct <laughs> So that that can can happen as well. Um, sorry for jumping a bit. I would like to come back to to setting pressure switches. Um, are there are there any recommendations that you would give where to set a high pressure and where to set a low pressure switch at at which values? Mm, you could probably write a book. Um on that topic because you ask 10 people and you'll get 10 different answers. Um, at least this is the way that I was sort of taught. 
um, back in the day. Um, let's say you've got a medium back pressure cold room, you know, three three degrees, something like that for vegetables. Um, you would normally cut out one and a half bar below the evaporating pressure and then cut in yeah, 0.7 to one bar above. So that's your 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 diff it if you like. Um, you, you've, you've got to make sure your cutout is low enough to carry out your, your pump down function, but mm. not to pump it into a vacuum. Um, you've got to make sure the settings don't cause it to short cycle on a pump down. Um, and you've also got to make sure that the cut-in is not above the refrigerant pressure that equals the room set point temperature, otherwise you could have a non-starting issues. Um, so you've got to make sure your pressures are correct um, for the application, because if you set it wrongly, it might never cut in again. Um, so there's, there's, there's things like that. Uh, and that's just, sorry to jump in, but that's, that's again a good example why you really want to have your system running through a cut out and a cut in to yes. check, does it cut in? Again, yes. I know yeah, it might yeah. take some time. You you could open the door on, on on the code room uh, briefly mm. just to warm it up a little bit. But yeah, check that. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, your system is doing one pull down, and that was yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that pull down that that check make sure your room is down to temperature when you're doing that. Don't try and force it by playing around with the thermostat. Always make sure that you pull your room down to the required operating temperature and then open the door, uh, put the apprentice in um, and make sure you've got some heat load in there, uh, you know, to uh, bring it back on line again. Um, HP switch, again, many, many <laughs> thoughts. Um, one thing I'd say is it should never be above the PS of the system. Um, because that would clearly be be dangerous, um, and you know we we set that as a as a protection device uh, against the PS. Um, so never set it above PS. Depending where the unit is located depends on the ambient temperature. All of those things um, will give you a guide as to where you should set your your HP, but never set it above PS. Agree, and the the same thing here when we talk about the difference. So you have your high pressure switch that that cuts out at a certain point, never about PS, and, and never above PS. And then we need to set a certain difference. So if we make that too small, it immediately cuts in again because if it cuts out, you don't have a compressor running anymore. Your pressure will go down pretty fast. But you you want to make sure that it rests for some time, and it really goes down in pressure before you cut in again. So set your cut in pressure low enough, but not that low that um, it will never cut in on a warm day. So again, you need to put some thought into that. We cannot give you a fixed value here because that depends on where is your system located? Is it somewhere far in the south? Is it is it um, in the rainforest somewhere? Or do you have that high in the north somewhere or even on, on a pretty high mountain where it never gets, gets really very warm? So 
it it really depends on where is your system located you need to 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 adjust these settings to your potential ambient conditions not only the condition you have at that day when you commission but what are your potential conditions throughout the year you have to take that into consideration very good point and one of the worst places uh, to put a condenser in it but that's where we put them all is on top of a roof uh, so yeah. if it's in blazing sunshine in midsummer you have to take that into account if you're commissioning that system in middle of winter for example um, yeah you're right yeah, yeah. I've, I've been on a roof um, and the roof was like a silver material uh, you know covering so all the heat all the sun was uh, coming down onto the this uh, surface and then basically putting that heat, shining it on the condenser unit. Um, so you have to be very aware of the uh, location of the unit, but also the time of the year that you commission the system and make sure that your settings are correct for the full 12 months. Yeah. We, we gave a lot of information now. Um, <laughs> I think a short, a short summary might might make sense so really very briefly and john just jump in if you like um when but as as a real short summary first of all you check whether your system is tight when you have built the system oh let's start even differently first of all you check and look at the system whether it makes sense what has been built there if you say okay that looks reasonable then you check whether that system is tight by putting some pressure on it and you do a, a pressure test on that when you're satisfied with that you take everything out again pull a vacuum still check whether that's fine with humidity and whether there is still is a leak and then you start charging the system never start a compressor on a vacuum always first of all charge some refrigerant into that then start your compressor then do the full refrigerant charge then check all the settings is your refrigerant system running as it as it should do another leak test whilst it's running because you have now the running conditions the vibrations then note down all the data give information to the owners of that system. And only when you have been going through a full cycle, only then you're ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you've covered everything there. Um, that that was a, a very broad and general overview of what you need to, to do when you commission a system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, if we do everything correct, then you know the compressor will lead a, a long and, and happy life. Um, one thing is important that everything around the system, so you know, dryer site glass, solenoid valve, electrics, evaporator, condenser, you know, all parts of the system will affect the compressor. So if you're gonna break anything, it's the compressor that you're gonna break. So everything is as equal in importance as the compressor so you know as we said don't assume the hp switch is or is set by uh the people who make the unit it's not um so everything is as important as everything else on that system and it shows that the commissioning part 
is a major and important part, which takes quite some time as well in, in, in the total picture. So it's not only the building of the system which takes time. It's really commissioning it, checking it's doing what it should do. Everything is fine, everything is safe and and give all the required documents to to the owners <clears throat> of that system. So that's really an important part of having a safe system. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh you know we we all know that everybody's under time pressure. Uh install it, commission it, move on, next job. Um, but we have to give some some time and energy to that commissioning process. It is incredibly important. Yeah, I guess it saves you try time uh, in service uh, visits later. Yes, correct. Great. Okay, thank you so much, John and Jörg. And uh, that was another very uh, giving uh, lesson, I'd say. Um, I think I understood most of it. Um, I'm, I'm just glad I'm not the one who should actually commission the next system. I hope somebody else will do that. But uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening in on this podcast. You will meet Jörg Saar and John Broughton again in other future episodes. If you may have questions or comments to this or any other podcast, please post your questions in the social medias where you find Danfoss, typically LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram. Thank you.